Josh, how can we know the truth? If we know the truth, that's the real secret to freedom. So why don't most humans have freedom? I look at people like you and I, we're free, Josh. I literally am free. I have no guilt. I have no shame. I have no fear. I'm not over here worried that I've just ruined my brand or ruined my son or ruined speaking opportunities or ruined partnerships. I'm well aware of all that, but I have a truth within me, Josh. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. I'm just going to dive right in. No intro needed. We are live. Three, two, one. With the incredible Matt Maddox. Bro, how you doing? Dude, I am absolutely amazing for three reasons. One because I am 110% in the now. And everybody talks about the now, you know, as we should. But so few people actually can get out of here uh, and live from your soul and live in the now, right? Yeah. Truly in the now. But it's what you do in the now. Like my power and energy and mind and, and soul is beating in the now for my dream, for my mission, for where I'm going. So it creates this amazing feeling, man. So I'm doing good. I love that. I love it. Well, Matt, first off, dude, thanks for coming on here. And I'm so glad you're you're doing well. You are, for those, for those that don't know you, you're Caleb Maddox's dad. That brings some context for some people. You're, you're in some heat right now, man. Some people don't like you. I love it, dude. <laughs> I can't wait to share the story of a little behind the scenes of what's going on. I'm actually getting ready to release a a very raw confession video and look dude everything i've done since all this craziness started has been literally a hundred percent intentional for some deep reasons uh it's not just about attention of course you and i both understand that if you're serious about your mission and you really believe in your mission and you really believe in the problems you're solving you should want to get attention so that way you can influence more people. Josh, people like you and I, which by the way, dude, let me, before we even dive, bro, listen, I've had so much fun hanging out with you. We've got to connect at a few events and, and I just, here's what I love about you. Here's what I would say, you know, un, unscripted, what I shared with Caleb and Ryan this morning, we were sitting around talking marketing. And we were just, it was, we, we talked marketing pretty much 24 seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Changing the world and mission and all this stuff. It never leaves our brain. Ryan came up at five in the morning and we spent like two and a half hours. Well, part of that time I was telling him about you. Of course, Caleb knows who you are, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan didn't yet. And I said, Ryan, you better write his name down and put him on your radar. I said, Josh is one of the few who, um, 
who, who gets it. And he's way ahead of his time. And I said, you know, so just make sure you guys understand this is one of those people you want in your inner circle. And, dude, I want to applaud you, bro. All the stuff that you've been through, bro. My heart bled for you. And uh, just as somebody that's known you and had so much respect for you and, and loved how real you are and, and caring. And we've had some fun, too. We've, we've we had have, yeah. Good times, haven't we, Josh? <laughs> yeah, well, man, I appreciate that. That means the world to me and I, I, in more ways than you know. So thank you, man. I appreciate that. Well, when I saw you post the other day that you're going to be uh, the number one question asker on earth. Like I got a big smile. And I, I literally said this to out loud to myself. I said, you know, that kid, he's going to be bigger than Larry King live. Like I see what you're doing. Cause you know, I get it. Most people don't really get it. Yeah. Um, but I get it emotionally and spiritually because I raised a kid like you and I see myself in you, you're fearless and you're going for it. And I love that you're not afraid to do it different. And I love the name of your podcast. Like <laughs> different. I love that. That's like literally I told Caleb the other day, I said, you know, everybody says follow the model or, or model success. And I'm like, if you want to model success, don't model anybody that you see living today, except maybe like Elon Musk or. <laughs> Trump. Right, right, right. For many reasons, even if you hate Trump, the dude is a master mm. at branding and marketing. So anyways, let's roll, dude. How you been? Let's roll. Dude, I've been great. Once again, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, I, we have, we've had some fun times together. Um, I, I remember the first time that I met you, like actually met you, met you and like got to talk to you and hang out was at the Gary Vaynerchuk, Russell Brunson uh, viral video event where yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk just roasted me about the Patriots. And then we went out and played, we played bubble soccer. And that was the first time I actually got to meet you and Caleb, like not just like in passing and like a quick, you know, hi, hello. And we actually got to sit down and chat. Caleb and I raced across the, the soccer field and the, in the big bubbles or whatnot. And I remember sitting there, you and I were just having a conversation. And I remember just thinking like, this dude, this dude is real, man. And it's funny because I feel like when you get it and like when you connect with someone and it like just clicks right and it's it's something that you just can't can't kind of explain and each person connects with their person that way differently but it just kind of like clicks and you just know they understand things at like a level that i get it at right yeah, and yeah. uh and, and and i noticed that with you right away we were talking i think the first thing that we talked about was missions yeah. Um, and we were talking about like, you know, doing missions work and everything like that. So yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, so yeah, dude, it's been great to get to know you both funnel hacking lives that I've been to the, the speech that you gave. I mean, gosh, you brought, you brought people to tears, man, with that speech. That was so powerful. That well, thank you. Yeah. I always tell my son, I said, listen, whenever you step on stage, I taught Caleb how to speak at a young age, right? When he was eight, I believe seven or eight, I got him on video. I got him out of his comfort zone. He was so shy and insecure. But from a speaking perspective, I, I intuitively knew who he was going to be. And, and so I knew he had to learn to be comfortable on camera and on stage. So I would have him come to my events. And sometimes, Josh, I'd be speaking in churches that have 3,000 people on a Sunday morning. And I'd wave Caleb up before I started. And I'd say, Caleb, come up here real quick. And he'd be standing in front of 3,000 people and I'd hand him the microphone and I'd say, tell everybody the three secrets to staying positive in the next three minutes. Go. And like he would have no preparation. 
because I taught them like how to thrive under pressure. Anybody can thrive when you're prepared. In fact, we should always prepare and train. Yeah. The deepest level of training and preparation is uh, being able to thrive under pressure. Like I was always putting Caleb in pressure. But the reason I brought all that up, Josh, thanks for what you said about Funnel Hacking Live because a lot of speakers miss the fact that you're speaking to humans yeah. mm. who are stressed, who are broken, who are confused, who are lonely, whose wives just cheated on them with their best friend, who just lost their business. Like most speakers don't feel the emotion of the people. Yeah. Current battles they could be facing. So what well, I, th- I think that I think that because of that, though, and, and I sorry to interrupt there, but I really I like that point because you're very real and I'm very real. I mean, I, I gave a speech actually like two days before you did or the day before you did at, you know, uh, GoToThon, which is like the kind of the pre-Funnel Hacking Live mastermind that we had like yeah. 200 people. Um, and like, you know, just passion, 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 right? And I feel like everybody that gets on stage nowadays, because we're, we're in this internet marketing trend, right? And so we yeah. have all these events or whatever. Everybody's there to, to sell, right? And, and even if they're not allowed or they're not selling something at the end, they're trying to follow the Russell Brunson formula and all that. But here's the deal. I love Russell. Russell is one of my role models. He is someone that I have tremendous amount of respect for. And Russell knows how to do Russell really, really well. And Russell's a very genuine human being. And I have nothing but respect for that guy. He's an incredible dude. That said, other people see him and they see him make all this money and be super good at it. And it is because of he's good at marketing, but it's because he knows how to connect with people. But people yeah. don't go and model the connection part. They try to model the salesy part. They try to model the, the stack or they try to model the pitch or things like that. And they miss this whole part of connection, right? And I, and I love it when just a speaker gets up there on stage. And I have, to be clear, nothing against people that pitch on stage. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Russell. But when you just get on stage and you're just vulnerable and you're just open and authentic and you just connect at like an another level, it moves the crowd in a way that anyone that's setting up to pitch something really just can't do that. And I think that that's what you did at Funnel Hacking Live. And I think that that's what you've done time and time again. And it's one of the reasons that, you know, I don't, you and I are pretty good friends and I don't even agree with everything that you do necessarily. And you know, you, me, uh, yeah. I think we're, we'll get kind of get into that. I'm very, very curious of your thought process behind this because I know everything that you did was intentional. I, I talked to two or three people that texted me right after everything went down and sure. I was like, dude, this guy's not an idiot, right? Like he knows what he's doing, but yeah. going back to the speaking thing, you connect at such a good level and, and I have much respect for you for that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Josh. Well, man, dude, listen, I wish I'd have known where you were speaking. If uh, I would have come and listened to you. I love to listen to minds like you. Like, I'll, I'll send you a link. I have the recording. It's like 45 minutes on, it's on exactly. quantum physics and uh, quantum physics and identity shifts, man. Oh, okay. I want to have my team watch that stuff too, because we're into that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive in. Let's get, let's get juicy. Everyone's, everyone's on this podcast for one reason. So I'm going to ask you, let's dive into these questions and really start to uncover the mind of Matt and then go into some marketing stuff because I think that you're really smart and I want to know where you're going with this. Okay, cool. Thank you, man. What what happened? (laughs) What happened is this. You see... Uh, I became, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's give a little context for those people that yeah. don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. This was what, two months ago now? How long ago was it? 
right around right after right around Father's Day, actually. Right around Father's Day. So right around Father's Day, Matt goes and releases a series of uh to say the least controversial videos um about religion and god um there was excessive language in the videos um and took a an audience that was not used to that type of polarity and really brought that polarity i mean i think one of your one of them got like 15 or twenty thousand views on your personal profile i mean eyeballs 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 on yeah. you talking about religion and whatnot and God and purpose and your mission or whatnot. I don't want to go into it too much. I want to let you share, but for context, that's what's happening. So Matt, back over to you. What happened? Yeah. So here's what happened. Okay. The real truth is I believe the stuff I teach. That's the biggest problem. Not problem. You most would perceive it as a problem. I perceive it as um, a test or as a kind of a challenge from God, the university. A lot of us that are teachers, Josh, a lot of us that are spiritual leaders, you know, we teach very powerful stuff. And then there comes a point where the stuff that we teach, we taught it from integrity because we believed it, we lived it, we experienced it, our mentors taught it to us. And a lot of us that are like, you know, social media influencers, which I am utterly bored with 99.9% of social media influencers. Right. I'm, I'm actually became scared as a dad, kind of like how I looked at the school system and I saved my son from the school system yeah. in a lot of ways. I wanted to save him from the internet marketing BS uh. and bluff and the fake and the, the stuff that we're taught to perceive as success that I look at and I'm like... That's the standard. Like, that's what we invest 40 years of our life and get to this. And I never taught my son that way of thinking, Josh. And so what a lot of people don't know about mathematics is I'm not effing around. I don't know if we can curse on this. But I know I'm, you can curse. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of you. Effing around when it comes to being a dad, Josh. This is no joke to me mm. and it never has been a joke. To me. I've always led my son by example. Mm. And... uh Quite frankly, I was burning, pissed off after my experience of speaking of us. See, in the church world, I rose to the top because people that rise to the top, I don't care what industry you're in. That's why the average millionaire goes broke two or three times and makes their millions again. Like when you have the goods, you'll always make it. Look at Russell Brunson. Like, he crashed. You know, we could go down the list of the amount of failures that are now successes. Yep. So it's like, I was at the top of the Pentecostal world as a speaker, like Josh, the top. I was the most sought after speaker in that movement. I was popular. I built a, I built a movement within the movement, uh, 103 live events, 32,000 registered attendees. My son grew up in that world. I was very famous in that world. And we were very when, well. When, when was this? Like, how old was Caleb then at this? Because Caleb's what, 17 now? 17. So he, how old is Caleb at this time when, when this was all happening? Or was this even dating pre-Caleb? Oh, no, no. It was pre-Caleb, but he was born into this. So this was mm -hmm. like, this would be like someone being born Catholic, right? So this is like his faith. Okay. Like Russell's being Mormon or Grant being Scientologist. You yeah, know, yeah. all the big influencers. Because religion is powerful, actually. Religion is powerful. Caleb and Ryan, 
I've been doing, I've been given out the best marketing teaching that has ever come to this world since Jesus and Martin Luther King and Santa Claus. We got to analyze Santa Claus, Josh. That's what's really fucking with me. Because I'm like, you want to talk about a brand. You want to talk about someone who's powerful. Like you take, you take the birth of Jesus and Santa Claus and those two stories dominate our world. They dominate our world. Yeah. So we're studying marketing from people that are, we, our marketing teachers, Josh, has gotten material that was filtered down from people that lived in a world of, like even a world that was a year ago is different. Yeah. Like, we need now marketing principles. Like, yeah. There, there's, there's marketing principles, but what I mean is we need now marketing strategies and methods. But the principles, obviously, of marketing remain the same. But some of the principles of marketing, we're not even teaching anymore. And when we do teach it, we teach it with such weakness. Yeah. And we teach it with such, it's sounding so plastic. And as a dad that got concerned at my son's mind, looking at these people as heroes, I don't want his fresh, pure, creative mind at 17, Josh, they're, they started Apex for Kids in January. They just went through the numbers last night. 12,000 paying members. It's amazing. In, in a week, they're going to hit the two comma club. They did it in less than what? Uh, less than seven months. That's seven amazing. months. At age 17 and 19. Starting with a $150 ad. So my, their minds are so beyond. And their vision, No, very few humans, probably only you, Josh. No joke. Very few humans, if you sat down to listen to our vision, get it. Yeah. So if we're constantly looking at Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson and Gary Vee as the model, like it's called the law of the lid. Like I, they gave me what I needed. It's called eat the chicken, throw away the bones. I've gotten the chicken. The rest is bones almost because it's like we're following models of like filling arenas when that's so small compared to the stuff that we're getting ready to launch with Maddox Missions hmm. and X for Kids. So. For me, what happened, long story short, is I was so angry as a dad at some of the fluff that was being shown to my, my son. He wasn't raised this way. Hmm. And after Funnel Hacking Live and speaking and bringing that fatherless kid up there and, and us bringing him and his mom to our mastermind and giving him everything, publishing his book and calling him every week and realizing, Josh, that of 5,000 people, nobody else pulled out their wallets and we don't help. Like we talk, like we're, we're in a society of where we're driven by events and not lifestyle school shooting happens. Everyone comes together, mm. but the rest of the time we go back to being robots. We go back to being lifeless. Yeah. And, and I would say that even long time, Josh, to share with you why I did what I did. Cause I got a whole book coming out of this, a whole course, a whole, like, like I feel like we're like being called to save the marketing world <laughs> in the now, you know what I mean? Not that anybody yeah. else was bad, but we're, we're in such a new world right now that if we don't wake up and be careful, like it takes that fast before an iPhone shows up and makes Microsoft almost not relevant, you know? So let's talk. Yeah. So, so, and I, I like a lot of the points that you hit on when you talk about speed and the marketing changing and so fast. I mean, you look at the, the world a decade ago, Right. I mean, you, you couldn't I mean, if you if you just looked at them side by side, they're not even the same world. Right. I mean, they're they're so radically different. So I, I agree with you. I'm curious, though, what do you 
what do you mean? Like, who are you mad at? Like when you say that, Hey, Caleb, Caleb was learning and being taught and being shown this, this crap, right? This stuff that you didn't like by who? Okay. Let's break it down, Josh. I'm not mad at any human. I'm not dogging any humans. So if you hear me in the future reference Tony or Gary or Grant, the gods of the success world, right? Mm. That we're like so mesmerized by. Right. I think we should have respect. Yeah. But I don't think we should look at them as if it's going to take us 30 years to ascend to that level. Yeah. Like, I believe that the problems that we're going to start solving, we're going to figure out how to do it in 48 hours. Hmm. I, I really, I really do. I really believe there's like a massive, crazy, like it's, it's like this, this, this undercurrent, underground, radical marketers, people like you, people like Dan Henry. There's a lot of us that we just don't fit in, you know, even Caleb and Ryan, like, like, if I told you some juicy stories about famous people that have tried to like partner with them and there's just some behind the scenes stuff that I've seen as a dad that I'm like, okay, I, I didn't let like from age 12, I pulled my son out of school and I homeschooled. I homeschooled. I was very careful what I let into his mind. Right. I was very careful who, what friends I let him hang out with. I was very careful who I, Actually, there was a time when I told him not even to follow Gary V. And that's not even a disrespect. Right. Well, and, and he and he spoke with Gary. I mean, he's spoken with Grant and Gary and Russell and I mean all the big wigs. There were I literally told him to unfollow all of them for a year. I was like, you don't need it for a while. You got what you need. Mm. Now you need to study Jesus, like not from religion. Like, 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 dude, I could teach some stuff about Jesus, not from a religious standpoint. That would be the best stuff you've ever heard on marketing, leadership, NLP, persuasion. And actually, I did like the last seven days. So out of this, out of all this crazy, you know, basically, all right, let me let me give you principle one. What I did, let me slow down a little bit because there's so much to this. Energetically and spiritually racing to Caleb's 18th birthday. Like Caleb's a figure. Caleb's like an avatar. Yeah, Caleb is literally doing things, Josh. That's it's way no, I, him I, and Ryan I, both. I yeah, mean, I, I mean, I've I've chatted with Caleb. He's he's a very very smart kid, like very very smart. Yeah, and they. But anyways, it's 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 it's. Thank you for that. But it's the vision they have for 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 families and for kids and 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 how like, dude. Let's think about it, Josh. The government, the school system, the church, and healthcare. All four of those powerful billion-dollar institutions and brands and resources, and we're still living in a country this screwed up. Yeah, the way we treat our veterans is so below average. We literally, truly, we we're in a country, dude, that treats celebrities better than police officers, teachers, and veterans. Yeah, that to me is a toxic society. Yeah, we we're blinded, bro. It's the blind leading the blind. We're blinded, right? We are literally blinded. And like everything is broken, but even the church religion is broken. Like, how do we have millions of buildings, Josh, in this country, million billions coming into these school between schools and churches? We shouldn't have homelessness, but the way that we rehab homeless people is we stick them all in shelter with like prisons. 
right? We stick them all in the same environment of other people that are not transformed, that are not awake, that are not in their confidence and their self-love. You become who you associate with. So we just keep like, there's no transformation. But like, do you do you think that for, because so, I, I 100% agree with you that society is super messed up. And I mean, I've talked about this for a long time, especially on this podcast and how social media influencers, people of that nature have essentially made the celebrity society. Everything has to be Hollywood or perfect or whatnot, or else it's, you know, it's boring. But for the homelessness thing specifically, my question to you is, do you believe that the, what do you think that the answer to homelessness is? Because I would be one to say, well, yes, there are some homeless people that truly, truly do need help. And you have extensive more experience than I do on this. That's why I'm asking. But like, I also think that some homeless people, they just need to take personal responsibility, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but what you do is, is it's kind of like, it's kind of like this. Any, any firefighter, um, EMT, police officer that saw somebody jump off a bridge into a river, regardless, they're going after. Regardless, Josh. Yeah. Human, it's human nature. So, yes, it's kind of like this. I agree with you. I don't believe in making excuses. I don't believe in being a victim. In fact, I, t- I don't just feed the homeless. I teach them. I mm-hmm. transform them. I awaken their, their beliefs, their, their self-confidence, their self-love. And many of them, Josh, they just need healing. Uh, many of them need someone to help them get out of their head and their story and help them see what's possible. Like some of the stuff that these people have seen, if you actually listen to their stories, it's crazy. Some of the stuff they've seen. And yes, they do need to take responsibility. But we should create an atmosphere in our society for the fallen or the failures, not to, but to fix them once, not so they keep repeating it. So we say, hey, yes, you are royally screwed up. And it's all about the first, the first, the best thing I can do for a homeless person is not give them a, a dinner or a blanket. That's secondary. First is showing them the power of taking full responsibility and not making excuses and and knowing how to let go of the past and, and knowing how to heal and not be a victim. Cause we've all been hurt. We've all had bad luck happen to us. And so when I start to tell those stories, and by the way, Josh, we've helped hundreds of homeless people actually get off the street and get a home and get jobs. So, you know, it's kind of like you take the risk and then you learn to not cater to the ones that, and then yeah. there are other people, Josh, that want to be homeless. Yeah. They want, that's their yeah. way of life. Yeah. And then that's okay. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, so where I struggle with, with the homelessness and people is, you know, I, I'm, I'm an empath at heart. And I know that a lot of people don't believe that because they're like, oh, Josh, you're a Donald Trump loving capitalist. So there's no way you could actually feel anybody or care about anybody. But I really do. I mean, I, I, my heart breaks for people that are in, in uh, low situations. I think my question is, is like, how do, how do we do it? in today's society though, because like the, the problem is in, from a worldview perspective, I mean, I get why you're frustrated and everything and I am as well, but I look at America and I go, we're the greatest country in the world. We have revolutionized the world more than any country ever in the history of mankind outside of maybe Rome, but like, like really, truly, like it's incredible what we've been able to do. 
Yet we live in this screwed up massive society of, you know, like you talked about the social media influencers, the Hollywood, the fame, nobody wants to take personal responsibility. Everybody is uh, all about their feelings and what feels good. There's this no moral law. And in theory, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, right? In theory, the answer to the homeless problem, the answer to the, the, the drug problem, the answer to the problem with, you know, women and, and uh, healthcare and things of that nature starts with the church. I believe that. The problem is though, the church is totally screwed up. So you have the thing that is actually supposed to solve the problems of everybody else, the church being a religious uh, stick to the law. It's almost like, you know, like a business, a cult almost, right? And like, I, I very much value the church and I very, very, uh, very much value the body of believers, but so many churches, especially the bigger mega churches or whatever, I mean, it's run like a business. It's give your money. The, the pastors are multimillionaires from the church. Uh, yeah. It's a strict set of laws and they're not helping. So my question then becomes, okay, what is the answer then? Do we start by fixing the church? Do you try to you know, go and, and create a new system? So from a homeless perspective, from a personal responsibility perspective, I believe, I, I just finished reading, or I'm actually almost done. I shouldn't say I finished it yet. I'm almost done reading the book, um, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Like the most freaking mind-blowing book when it comes to massive personal responsibility. He was you know, worse than homeless, right? I mean, he was just at the bottom. And so I look at that and I go, personal responsibility cures all, but you can't fix the problem by yelling at a homeless person and going, have personal responsibility. So how do you teach them that at a mass scale and not just give a handout? Because you could set up shelters, you can set up whatever, you can give them all the supplies that they need. But at the end of the day, unless they take ownership of their life, right? They're going to stay the same. I agree with everything you've said. Um, I do want to, in a minute, dissect, because it is Think Different Theory. I'd like to give you why I believe that the, the church model, as we grew up seeing it, is broken. Oh, okay. Let's, let, when you let's dive into me, that. Yeah, I want to dive into that, because that's kind of what I'm doing with new. You want to talk about a new opportunity? Well, Maddox Missions is the new opportunity for those who get that, yeah, going to church every Sunday with this model going inside is broken and giving our money to an institution where, like you said, like, I mean, they don't do anything for widows, nothing, like nothing for father, forget homeless, forget homeless. Let's talk about what, if you want to go Bible, there's actually only two biblical definitions of what pure religion is. It's in James one twenty seven. God said, pure religion is to take care of the widows and the fatherless, and fatherless yeah. kids. Yep. We do an, I would literally give us an F minus as a church. The fact that like Maddox missions is on a mission to end fatherlessness in a year. I have a plan and like, it's, it's extreme. It's radical. It's intense, but like, that's what I taught my son, how I taught him to think like we've been dealing with fatherlessness for, for decades it's getting worse. And yet we have all these resources, Josh, and there's reasons why it's getting worse because what we're are the this society where we're, we keep being mesmerized by stuff that should no longer mesmerize us. And like, we got to get to a place where we look at things like Steve Jobs, right? If he stayed mesmerized, like what about the guys that created the airplane? If they would have continued to just 
like stayed excited about the car and Henry Ford's the best and oh, he's my mentor. Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like we grew up like Uber. Like well, what if the taxi, what if they had like modeled the taxi company because of their success and that brand and found the mentor, the founder of the taxi and made them their God. No, we're radical people. Look at all that other stuff, respect it. Like, you know, learn from the principles of it and then look at it and be like, yeah, but that's boring. That's so like 50 years ago. And that's how, when I look at the church today, Josh, I'm literally like, I could fall. I'm getting tired now. I could, I actually, we shouldn't talk about it because that's how tired this is all making me. Because this is how bored I am with it. I'm bored. And so is our whole generation. That's why we're not reaching. That's why, Josh, think about this. If, if church is not a broken model, then why is it that 86% of young people that grew up in all religions leave it? It's so, because it's broken. So, so let's, talk, let's talk about that right here. So I, I think there's a difference between the church model and the church, right? Like the church, non-building, non-that, like okay. God's people, right? God's yeah. people is considered the church. And so I, I think you and I would probably agree on the fact that like the church from that perspective, being God's people is always going to be the church. And like, that's God's design. But the model upon which we know church now and the upon, you know, we all go to different buildings and we have different religious laws and rules or whatnot. That's the model that you're saying is broken, correct? Stupidest thing that exists. Okay. So what's the, what's Stupidest your solution? Exists when there are, when there are 22 veterans a day, that literally without them, Josh, none of us, we, we live like gods. I told Caleb and Ryan this morning, guys, you we live do. like gods. We do. Literally, we live like, I've been in the Philippines. I've been in Thailand. I've been in the worst places of poverty, Josh. I've seen it right here in our own country. That literally the dumbest thing in the world right now is that we're still fighting over Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Muslim, uh, uh, you know, dumb. all in the name of God. And then we, uh, we isolate ourselves from everybody that's not Baptist or not Catholic. You're not Catholic. Like Catholics excommunicate fucking people out of their churches. You know how dumb that is, Josh, because yeah. they fail? Like, yet, and look what all the priests do, you know? No joke. Look, it's out of hand because that's not God. And God doesn't bless this kind of stuff. But nobody's calling it out. Nobody's calling out. Wait a minute. You guys preach against abortion because of innocent blood. And we've got 18 million fatherless kids in this country. And all you people want to do is fight over Joel Osteen didn't say Jesus Christ enough. Or this person didn't baptize this way. Or this person doesn't say he's Catholic. Or Josh said he's Christian, but he cusses. Josh, I am not going to allow my son to believe that's Christianity. That is not Christianity. That is false. That is fake. If we're not taking care of fatherless kids, and if, if every church would spend one week forgetting about who's what, and everybody put in, if every church took 10%, like they demand their people to, and put it in one fund, we could end fatherlessness in seven days. When God wanted to create a perfect world, he did it in six days. We delay way too much because all we do is listen to the same stuff.
And we live in a world where we're listening to so, and then there's the subconscious messaging that's coming at us because we're constantly on this. We're not realizing we're turning ourselves into walking mannequins and walking robots. We're lifeless. Our churches are lifeless. They're boring. You sing, you sing the same songs and you preach the same sermons all in hopes. Like, thanks for, that. for example, I'm not knocking and I actually went and apologized, but like the Jehovah Witnesses, okay? I mean, I'm not knocking them. And I actually, now that I see them, I shake their hand and thank them because they're at least giving of their time mm. to do something. But they have to spend 24 hours a week plus, Josh, volunteering. Do you know there are literally millions of hardworking mothers and fathers in this country that in the name of Jehovah Witness, just so they don't go to the bad place, just so they can go to heaven, they give 80 hours a month to standing on corners, handing out flyers. They're telling me that religion's not screwed up. What if we took all that manpower we could remodel every widow's house in this country. We could set up things to heal our veterans. Who talks like this, Josh? That's my point. What I'm doing right now in real life time is leading by example to my son. I don't want my son to believe this is what God looks like and this is what Jesus looks like. I don't want him to look at all that Tony Grant and all these guys have done and be like, uh, maybe one day. Well, I and, wanna... well, and I think that it's interesting because you're talking about like the Tonys, the Grants of the world, Gary, whatever, you know, what have you. They're on their own path. Grant is self-proclaimed money obsessed, right? I mean, making statements like God wants you to be a billionaire and being part of Scientology. Like I like Grant as a person, as a business person or whatever, but I mean, I have may very much disagree with a lot of his ideology, but like, right. You form your own ideology and like the people that you follow in marketing, they're the top of the marketing chain for a reason because they're good at marketing. It doesn't make them good at being a good person or, or making a difference or having good religious beliefs or having, you know, good morals. Like it doesn't mean any of that. It just simply means they're good at making money, which you and I know the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, so, I mean, I think that's very dangerous. My question to you though is, okay, so Clearly, the the model of religion is broken. I agree with that statement. What is then Christianity to you? I'm not I'm not asking necessarily what is the model quite yet. Like I want to get to that, but specifically, you said that's not Christianity. That's not God. What is then? And where do you get your and where do you get your moral compass from? It's simple, Josh. First things first. I do believe in the Bible. Yeah. Do, you, say, do, do you believe? Do you believe the the Bible is minus translation without flaw? No, I believe the Bible has a lot of inconsistencies and contradictions. Okay, but I still believe because anytime a man is involved on relaying a message, I don't care if I'm relaying a message to Caleb from Ryan. There's going to be a twist in how it sounded from Ryan's tonality energy to your yeah one word could change it all yep so okay the thing I get twisted with sometimes is like dude you want me to believe my entire one life on earth and my eternity on all these different men 
that didn't have no pads, text messaging, email, voice recorders, videos. They had nothing but a rock to like, come on, Josh. And, and let's get real with this stuff. Who talks like this? Because we're scared to go to hell to talk like this. Dude, the Bible to me is amazing. But to think that every word, like, how do you know there's some some guy 3,000 years ago heard from God by the name of Moses? We just buy into it and believe it, okay? No different than if I'd say, Josh, before we go into this podcast, last night I stayed up all night and God told me that you need to take that think different theory banner down. I heard from God, Josh, if you really want your brand to blow up, like, you would look at me like, dude, you're kind of like getting a little out there. But that's kind of what we do. There's 66 different books of the Bible written by, I believe, 43 different authors from, whoa, different cultures, different time periods. Dude, these people lived in a world our brains would never comprehend. And if they all woke up right now, poof, in America, they would be like panicking. Like, literally, they would they would have shock effect. So, like, dude, my faith comes from me actually getting to know God. Did I read the Bible? Yeah, it was good inputs. Do I still read it? Yes. Mm. I studied Jesus like a fanatic. I studied the book of Proverbs like a fanatic. So I do believe God inspired these men just like he inspired you to do this show. Like, the Bible continues. It's not one book. Like, we're giving God's inspiration now just as much as something that's in the book of Daniel. You know what I mean? We're right. inspiring people towards mm. God, right? Literally, Josh, as crazy as I am, more atheists have come to me lately showing me pictures of a Bible that they went and bought saying, hey, you've made me believe there could be a God. Mm. So like for me, I'm just like, dude, I believe this is the way we should live. Truth, yeah. honest, mm. real. What what other what other books or sources or ways do you determine truth by? I'm big into astrology. Okay. Okay, and that that goes against the Bible and most <laughs> beliefs, which is crazy. It's my point. How do you know though? Because God has a book in the Bible called Numbers, and everything to God, like the number seven, the number twelve, the number forty, like. Even the wise men followed stars. Like, don't tell me nature doesn't communicate. And I've seen it work. And I have a spiritual coach or a spiritual voice in my life. And he's very, like, he walks with God. Um, he has a very unique spiritual practice, but he's deep into astrology. Josh, it's helped me in my dating world. It's helped me in business. It's helped me even in raising Caleb. It's helped me, like, in my personal life. So, like... I have deep spiritual practices that aren't just like only Jesus, only Bible. What so, are your thoughts? Does that, does that challenge you a little? I want to know. I'm curious. Yeah. The, and I appreciate you giving me the answer to respond to that. So I, as of now in my life, I, I do believe that the Bible is uh, at the, uh, I believe that the Bible is God inspired. I believe it was written by men through God. And I do believe that mine is translation of the Bible is, without flaw. Um, as of now, that could change, I suppose. But as of now, I have not personally, and I've read the Bible cover to cover, cover more than once. Um, I have not found inconsistencies, but I also haven't um, gone down deep. That said, 
I also believe that there is massive uh, translation errors. I believe that whenever you translate an original word or context, a lot of things, as you said, I mean, just saying it to another person, much less translation of language over thousands and thousands of years, I think that there's definitely room for error uh, in that. And I also very much believe, and, and I like the fact that you brought this up and that you said this, um, knowing the Bible, like you can know the Bible better than anybody else. You could know, have it memorized from cover to cover. Knowing the Bible does not mean you have a relationship with God. That's exactly right. Ha- having a relationship with God means you have a relationship with God. And, and I talk about this quite often. I say, you know, listen, I have a very unusual relationship with God that most Christians would not understand because I sit there and, you know, when I, when my brother died, you know, the first thing out of my mouth, I mean, I fell to the floor or whatever. And I looked at God and I was like, F you God, right? I mean, like screaming it over and over and over again, because I'm like, what's going on? But at the same time, I believe that the core fun, like if you have a relationship with God, how you can tell that is whether or not you're going to God. So when my brother died, and if, if I would not have gone to God, if I would have been like, this sucks, blah, 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 and like screaming, crying, then I probably wouldn't have had a relationship with God. I can't call myself a Christian or even a religious person if I'm not going to God with my problems. I mean, it says in the Bible, cast all your cares upon the Lord, right? And so what happens? Kyle dies, worst day of my life. I'm screaming at God, but I still went to him. God doesn't say, you can't cuss at me. God doesn't say you can't. He said, no, bring everything. Bring your fears, your things. So I 100% agree with you on that. And I also believe in nature. I believe that when you go and you study nature and you go and you um, study science, I believe that it brings out an incredible, incredible amount of wisdom and clarity around um, who God is and how he's designed and created things. Mm. All, all that said, I'm curious to know, and if you don't want to talk about this topic, I'm, that's fine, but I want to go down the rabbit hole. I don't think anything's off limits with you, but I, yeah. I'm going to give you the out. I've also done, like, I've had psychedelic experiences, you know, and, oh, yes. and, and, and really, really gone down into that. And I'm, I'm actually, so, and I tell people this, don't go do psychedelics unless you're, you've read it, you've understood it, and you're in a good mind. It's not a healthy thing to do if you're not in a good state of mind. Don't do it if you're depressed or suicidal. Bad, bad news. But if you're there, if you're spiritually grounded, if you're really searching for truth and for answers, I think things like LSD and uh, DMT and things of that nature, I mean, I think those are some of the most powerful experiences that one can have. And so those experiences have fundamentally shifted my beliefs and my perspective of God at a core. And it's what it is, those experiences that led me to understand that the Bible is God's word. However, it is God's word. It is not a relationship with God. And I've, you know, been to outer space and, and talked with God up there or whatever those things are. And, you know, the first time you go up there, you're like, where, where am I? Right. And then the second, the third, the fourth time you go up, you start to, I don't even want to say you get used to it because you don't really get used to a psychedelic experience, but like you have a better understanding of what to expect and how to search better. And I, I think that has helped me tremendously. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are on psychedelics and do you believe that, uh, do you believe that God put them here on this earth to communicate with him or what are your thoughts on that? Dude, I believe in psychedelics as much as I believe that our body needs water. Um, really? Okay. Much. <laughs> no, I believe in it. I would 100% teach my son that when he feels, um, when he feels it's time, because like ayahuasca, right? 
Yeah. I really believe in ayahuasca. Like, yeah. I really believe in it. I don't care if I lost half of my followers because I admit that. I welcome you to leave. I hope you don't because I actually want to save you from being blinded because we're missing out on so much because, again, you know, uh, meaning well, I'm sure, but the government and the church has taken a lot of these things away from us. Because I, I don't even know if meaning well, man. I mean, you go and yeah, study the, 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 I mean, you go and study the laws and the things behind, I mean, even weed. I mean, weed was there because somebody, the cotton, the whole cotton industry was going to be corrupted because hemp was going to take it over. And so they, what it was, the black people and Mexicans get, get aggressive when they smoke marijuana. I'm like, are you kidding? I mean, like crazy, crazy stuff. Same thing with, um, with psychedelics. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I don't even think yeah, it was good I intention. like, let, let me get clear. Can you hear me good? Because if not, I could move. Uh, it's a little, I mean, there's a little echo there. I mean, some background noise, but. Let me move a little. I don't mind. If, if you can. Yeah. I mean, if you can move a little bit away from the noise. Yeah. yeah. Let me move outside and sit outside because it won't be as loud. Guys, we're impre- yeah, implementing. Just, just don't, good, don't, yeah. don't lose your internet connection, bro. Oh, don't you worry. I won't let that happen to you, Josh. This is too good, especially on this topic because, you know, um, I literally like, I feel so strong of it, Josh. Like, I don't know if I would attend a church that preached against marijuana. If they, pre- if they preach marijuana is a sin to me, that would feel like false doctrine. What we preach, what we preach against this church is like, I would be extremely disturbed. And that's why, like, when I say like, because you know, for example, okay, is that better? Can you yeah, hear much me better. Yeah, much better. And that a lot earlier for you. But, dude, listen, I believe in marijuana. I literally believe marijuana is a gift from God. It's not a drug. Never was a drug. Never will be a drug. It's not bad for our body. It doesn't mess up our mind. It doesn't make us lazy. No different than like, it's like, does drinking a can of Coke make everybody lazy and depressed? You know, or eating a cheeseburger. Like, well, I mean, I would, I would argue, and I think you'd agree with me that marijuana is significantly healthier for you than a can of Coca Cola. <laughs> if you preach against marijuana, you, you you have to, with integrity, preach against Coke and meat. So, so let me ask you this then. So, for for those people that are out there that say, "Listen, I'm not against marijuana," right? Like, if you want to smoke it. If you want to consume it, great. That's your deal. But it's not for me. I don't want to. I believe that God has called me to live my life sober. Do you have any problem with those people if they're not pushing it on you? I only have a problem if that's born out of a limiting belief or fear. Okay. Because if it's if it's something that they're like, I tried it. It's just not me. Because uh, I've actually helped heal a lot of people, Josh. Uh, believe it or not, I kind of feel called to that's kind of like why i'm starting this whole movement me versus church or not me but the whole maddox missions experience versus church as you know this as a marketer you know or as a movement builder right there's there's no middle ground it's either you gotta have people that love you or hate you there's no middle ground my friends martin luther king didn't have it jesus didn't have it not even mother Teresa had it like you know true greats true movement builders true world changers they have a very wrong message and i honestly believe that if you go to a church that preaches against marijuana you should leave that church mm. or 
you should just explain to the pastor that, hey, I'm letting you know that uh, I'm willing to stay here and continue to support, but my family is an avid believer in marijuana. Like, to me, Josh, like, I could give you so many reasons, as I know you could. Like, um, I've even taught my son that marijuana is okay, that it is not wrong, that it is not bad for you, that it is not, like, no different. Like, dude, it comes from the earth. It's a gift from God. It's a blessing from God. It's good for our souls. It doesn't make us, all these limiting beliefs, Jeff, everything about marijuana that's negative now is because of all the energy that we created and all the negative beliefs and all the lies that are being told out there about it. So what is your preferred method of consumption? Do you smoke it or do you eat edibles? I love to do flour and mm. I love edibles um, only because when I'm in, <laughs> when I'm in situations where it's certain states that it's illegal, it's like, oh, I'll just take this gummy bear. And you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, so uh, situations like that. And then of course, nowadays they got these bait pens. I try not to do that because of, coughing and yeah yeah and i i, I would say that like uh, smoke i don't think marijuana is bad for you in any way but I, I do think that consuming excess smoke could potentially do some lung damage maybe oh, yeah, um, yeah. That's why i like edible yeah like yeah edible. yeah yeah no for sure so you talked about energy and i, I i'm eventually i want to bring this full circle back to everything that went down with the videos and the controversy but i i really want to touch on this energy thing when it comes to the energy source. Because one of the things that I ridiculously made fun of for a, a long time is people that were into manifestation and law of attraction and energy and just tap into your inner blah, blah, blah. And then I hit this you know, rock bottom point in my life and I discovered this thing called quantum physics, right? And then I was like, right, mind blown. In fact, I have up on my wall here, I have like different quote boards and, and one of them is all the definitions of quantum, quantum physics, quantum theory and all that. And quantum physics explains energy, explains how everything that we, everything, we as humans, physical, chairs, tables, everything is energy and physical at the same time. And we're all connected and everything of that nature. So it explains law of attraction, manifestation and whatnot. Talk to me about energy though, when it comes specifically to religion and God uh, and, and what you believe, how do you use and tap into and find energy and how important is that to you? Yeah, and if you don't mind at some point, Josh, and maybe we can set up another podcast, but I'd love to interview you, dude, for your own podcast. I don't know if you've ever thought about doing that. I would love that. I would yeah. love that. I would love to. I want to go deep on your story about your brother because that's not people like you that live through something like that. There's some deep, deep uh, um, things that break through in you and, and probably wisdom and insights and just some deep stuff that I'm sure. Like there's nothing that you probably go through almost worse than what you went through. I got brothers, dude. My, I literally bled for you through that whole journey, man. And it was like, oh my God. Like, uh, so I, I'd love to interview you and get your 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 insight on that journey and, and then how you would advise someone that that because now you can speak to grief. Like you can speak to some you can speak to a level of grief now as an expert that uh, most humans can't, you know? Yeah. Well, it was, I think that's, that's super interesting too, because I had had friends that had lost loved ones and lo lost someone close to them before. And like, you try to comfort them and you think you may have an understanding of what they're going through. 
you don't like you just don't at all and it's the it's the craziest so i mean I, i'm a i'm a man bro what do i like i like respect i like power i like to be in control and I, I don't like to feel hopeless. And that's why, you know, me as an entrepreneur, you know, you want to make money, you want to have control, you want to build a team. Why? Because you want to be in control. You want to talk about the most like crippling, helpless, hopeless feeling of your life. I mean, pick up the phone to your mom screaming, he's dead, he's dead, your brother's dead, right? Like, how do you, like, you can't, there's nothing in the world that can prepare you for that. And then you go to your funeral and you watch like your dad, who's like the strongest man you've ever met, like just in uncontrollable tears and your mom and your sisters. And, and it's like, and you're in tears, right? You're an emotional wreck on top of it. It's like in that moment, being strong is almost like polar opposite. It's like breaking down and, and connecting at, at, like emotionally with everybody there in that moment. And like yeah. bearing that, like that is leadership. That is being strong, not bottling it all up. And there's just like this, uh, I've never experienced anything like it, man. I mean, like I, after we buried Kyle and we'll have to go into another interview, like he said, but like after we buried him, like he's up in Garden of the Gods in, in Colorado Springs, gorgeous burial site. I mean, I waited till everybody left, everybody, every last person was gone. It was just me and him and an open grave and, you know, looking down at the casket there. Like I was there for probably 30, 40 minutes. Like you talk, wow. to, you talk to your brother, you talk to God, you yell, you scream, you're in the mountains, nobody can hear you, right? Like, and you just wow. processing through that is like just, it, it brings an entirely new perspective of life. It puts into perspective things that matter. I mean, I, I remember getting down and to this day, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget, I mean, driving down that hill and thinking, it, everything that these people are teaching, Grant Cardone and, and Gary and this and that, like, I love them for marketing, but they've missed it, man. Like they're missing yeah. the mark. It's yeah. not about money. It's not about success. It's not right. even about doing what you love. It is, I believe truly about finding purpose. And I believe that that purpose can only be found through understanding what your meaning is and what your destiny is, you know, called to do. And that's where I, I believe that we ultimately find purpose. And, and, and yeah, yeah. It's quite That's interesting. You got some deep insights, man. How old are you? Twenty-five, man. Ah, bro, you're so far, man. You're you're why you're what you're wise beyond your years, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, let's talk energy. Good. Let's talk energy, though. Yeah, I do. If you're okay, I, I want to set yeah. up next week to do to do that. I would love to, whenever you can. I think it'd be good. Let's for do you. it, dude. I, of course, man. I'm, I'm for anything saying, for you, brother. I think a lot of podcasters miss that. That sometimes the followers also want to hear from remember it's they 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 resonate with you that's why they're following your podcast i think every once in a while it'd be good to drop in a kind I, of I, I would love that man i would love for you to interview me and i'll I, drop it on my, my, my own. i'm the master of asking questions so i'll pull some stuff out of you energy here it is um it's easy actually it's the easiest thing you'll ever do you don't got to work for it you don't have there's no 10 steps there's no like you know Water. There's no, there's no 67 steps to, to yeah, energy. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. We haven't even picked on Ty here. We've been on Gary and, and, uh, and Grant and all that. But anyways, um, no, Josh, it's, it's connecting to God. Listen, it's this way. The Bible says God supplies all your need supplies. So in other words, if there's always now and life's forever over, like the moment we accept that every like our life is forever ending. Literally, as much as I loved yesterday, yesterday was one of my favorite days, but it's over now. It's literally only here. That's it. That's it. It's here. It's on my phone and pictures and videos. And then I, I reenact 
with with the people I met with. Yeah, hey, remember yesterday we went and did that? We rode the scooters, we went and had pizza, and we had that deep talk about marketing, and we can relive it just by that quick little. But life's always moving forward in the now, right? And so then when you realize God supplies your need, so you're always connected to God, never in your past. The past is over. It's gone. Not even God can change the past. As big as God is, not even he can undo the past. And so like all of us, we replay stories of the past, failures. I should have done this. I wouldn't have lost that girl if I did this. And you know, all these energy. And so what does that do? That depletes our energy. That's no different than getting a a leak in the Titanic. You know, energy is easy, Josh. Energy is now it's just surrendering to God. That's how you get energy. It's, it's, it's realizing, okay, if I need a marketer, God's going to send me one. So if you stress out about it, if you're tense about it, you can start putting it out there. And yes, you should, you should put action towards it. But your energy should be that of celebration and peace, that it's on its way. It'll happen in the right time. And this goes to our dating. This goes to everything in our life. Like God knows what we need. So energy is all just staying in the moment, connected to God. And from that, God gives you, like everybody wants more joy. Someone the other day was like, I need to be happier. I'm like, no, you don't need to be happier because you're projecting into your future that there's a chance of no happiness. Right now is all you have. Why would you not be the ha- why would you not bring the happiest feelings that you could right now by dreaming of your future or anything on the past that comes to our mind should be amazing stuff that raises our frequency. Stuff that like if I started thinking about memories that Caleb and I had and deals that I closed. So if you're struggling in sales, right? Don't be like, "Oh, I need to get better in sales." No. Do what David did. When David fought Goliath, the only thing he did was remind himself, hey, the same God that delivered me from the bear and the lion is the same God that can deliver me from this giant. And all he did is just pick up those five smooth stones and just throw. That's it. Like his energy was so like if you study people that were in intense situations, even biblically, their reactions were so smooth. What 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 do you say to the people, though, that they don't get how to do that? Like. I mean, I understand energy because I've studied it and I've looked into it. And I mean, I, I shouldn't even say I understand. It. I don't know if anybody really understands it, but like I, I under I have some context about what you're talking about. But like to the person that has no idea what you're talking about here, it's like, what, I'm just going to wake up and be like, all right, God, you can help me close the sale. And then they go and fail the next time. And then the next time, and the next time it doesn't change. What do they need to do? Well, that goes back to training now. I mean, just kind of like, you can't excuse like a lot of people like, oh, I have faith in God. God's going to take care of it. Well, good. We still need to, you still need to put in the action. You still need to train. You still need to prepare. You still need to get better. But like, then, then there's the habits, right? There's the connecting to God in the now, but it's in your progressing, moving forward in life. It's making sure tonight I get good sleep. So tomorrow I have better energy. It's making sure I drink water today. You know, you've heard it. Inputs create outputs, right? You've heard all that. So it's all like constantly like, that's why I live in places like Arizona. That's why I'm very careful about who I hang out with. That's why I love talking to people like you. That's why I love being out by the pool. I mean, I'm at one of the nicest resorts in Scottsdale right now. Sometimes I go to different resorts to work and you you start to do little hacks that raise energy, getting around certain people. I mean, even as a man, there's, there's ladies that are friends of mine that 
the feminine energy they have raises my energy. I mean, stuff like, dude, there's little things that I'm constantly doing, Josh, that keeps me in high vibration. Always living life on my terms, going to places like, go to places you want to go to, eat where you want to eat. Don't just be like, oh, I'm going to eat here because it's close. No, like eat where you want to eat, eat what you want to eat, wear the clothes that make you feel good. You know, you're doing more of that. I hope that meeting disappeared, Josh, because I'm going to slide back inside. One thing about Arizona, buddy, is it gets hot. What no, do you, yeah. How do you get so much energy, Josh? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's interesting because I'd be curious to know, and, and I want to, I think this is a perfect transition after I finish my energy talk here about what you just said there, transitioning back into to morality and, and absolute truth. But let me touch on energy real quick. So I, I think that, when you understand quantum physics, you've got this energy field around you at all times, right? I mean, we are energy. We're 99.9999% energy, only 0.00001% physical, right? I mean, so like we are a ball of energy and essentially, and, and so is the rest of the world, the universe. And so how I look at it is I say, if you concentrate on something and take massive action towards that, you're attracting like energy to that. If you're positive about something and you're taking action towards it, you're going to attract positive energy that's going to create momentum and you're going to go more and more and more and more and more and slowly over time, it's going to be exponentially greater. But if you're in bad energy, it's going to be exponentially worse. And so uh, changing your location, changing your environment, getting around the right people, I believe that what that does is that um, allows you to shift and get into and, and be in a constant state of positive energy so that you can continue to the momentum that you are creating. Um, I think that there are uh, energy fields or energy flows and different things when you really understand how they kind of all work. Uh, and I believe that, let me, let me, let me tell a story here real quick. There's a guy I met big, big, big into energy, right? Big in energy. He's like, you know, be in alignment with the universe, be in alignment with energy, get into your rhythm, blah, blah, blah. He studied this very, very uh, spiritual person, not a Christian. Um, in fact, I was, I think he's an atheist. Um, but I asked him, I said, okay, so what is the answer? Like, what's the answer to everything? What's the meaning of life? Like, what's at the center of it all? He goes, Josh, you have to understand at the center of everything, the answer to everything is love. Love is the answer. Love is at the center of everything. And I said, well, I mean, one could argue, and I mean, the Bible says it, and I agree with you, love is at the center of everything because God is love, right? And if God is love and God is energy, God is everything everywhere, then I believe that that energy that we're tapping into is just a flow of God's wisdom. It's a flow of God's energy and uh, a flow of what he's created for us to tap into. And I believe that when we are truly ourselves and that we, when we are truly following God's calling and when we're truly following God's path, we are in the energy flow that we need to be in in order to go and do that. And so that's a huge key. I really yeah. believe in what you just said. That's a huge key that most people miss. Yeah. So, and I think that that's, I think that is, and I believe, I truly do believe that that's key. But I'm curious now because you talked about, okay, eat what you want to eat, do what you want to do, do what feels confidence for you. I want to loop back to absolute truth. So, do, do you believe that there's absolute truth in the universe? Absolutely. So, where, where does that absolute truth come from? And how do you know what that absolute truth is? Like, where do you base your moral grounding in? For me, it's, it's my soul. Okay. Let me think, let's think about it like this. Okay, Josh, mm. let's go deep for a minute. It's think different. So I could easily think, let's God. go deep, deep. That's yeah. easy. Hey, God, the Bible. Uh, that's easy. God, the Bible. It's an easy answer. 
And there is an element of that, that, that is a very strong foundation for me, but there's something else, Josh, there's two things. If you want to put it this way, okay. Even outside the Bible for a minute, let's go God and let's go something else that most people have actually never slowed down to analyze. Every one of us have something that is the single greatest secret to everything you want and love, happiness, and money, and where you live, and who you hang out with, and the kind of life you want. It's this easy. I'm going to hand it to you like literally a, like a father handing a set of keys to his 16-year-old daughter. Like, here, babe, congratulations. But a new car, like your dream car. Like getting our dream, Josh, is not hard. We make it hard. We assume it's hard because everybody says it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. It's only hard because we make it hard, okay? I'm literally in my dream 110% now. Do I have goals? Of course. But then when you get that, there's going to be bigger ones, right? It's like, so, but at the root of truth, right? What is truth? Here's the truth, right? Um, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Mm -hmm. So if you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What is truth? Right? Is it the Bible? Is it God? Yes. And yes. But lay that aside. Let's think different for a minute. When Jesus said, you shall know the truth, the truth and the truth shall set you free. Josh, how can we know the truth? How can we know the truth? If we know the truth, that's the real secret to freedom. So why don't most humans have freedom? When I look at people like you and I, we're free, Josh. I literally am free. I have no guilt. I have no shame. I have no fear. I'm not over here worried that I've just ruined my brand or ruined my son or ruined speaking opportunities or ruined partnerships. I'm well aware of all that. But I have a truth within me, Josh. It's called my intuition. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because think about it, Josh. I've been on this planet for 43 years and for 43 years, 24 seven and every single situation through all the ups and downs and through every human interaction my brain has ever taken in or my soul has ever experienced my intuition experienced all of it. Think about that, Josh. But yet it's the one thing because of fear and because of all the limiting beliefs that very few of us tap into and live from here, soul, intuition. We know. We know whether that girl's right. We know whether we should partner with that person. We know whether we should move there. We know if that person's real or not. We know if we should trust them. You're like, I don't know if I should trust them. You know, I like them, but I don't know. What is that? That's your, that's truth speaking. You shall know truth. Truth is your intuition because your soul is pure. The inner you, the real you is pure. The real you is your intuition. That's your soul that's been with you. Josh, it's been with you 25 years. They walked with you. Like you will fall in love with a girl one day that literally never walked through some of your darkest seasons and some of your highest highs and same with me. And I find that kind of sad, but also kind of 
neat because it teaches me that, and I can tell you the truth, Josh, at what I, the way I raised my son, I didn't get from books. It came from here, right? Don't get me wrong, I read books. And, and what I'm doing now, there's no mentor. Like Russell doesn't agree with what I'm doing. Hmm. You know what I mean? There's, but I, but my intuition does because it's true. But, because but how do you, but how, but mathematics 43 years. But when you say it's truth though, like you have your intuition and I have my intuition and Russell Brunson has his intuition and somebody else is their intuition, right? If those intuitions don't align with each other. And I would say that I don't believe everything that Russell Brunson does. He doesn't believe everything that you do. I don't agree with everything that you do. And I'm sure you don't agree with everything that I do, right? Like we have fundamentally different core beliefs that we are holding as truth that are differing. So what, like, how do you know what is truth? Like what's the absolute like right and wrong or does that exist? Because well, you, you can't just be like, it's intuition because my intuition is different than your intuition. And if I'm like, hey, if somebody's intuition is, yo, it's totally okay to kill this person or it's totally okay for me to self-harm myself. I mean, I think we can probably all agree that that's not okay. But at the same time, where do we get that ultimate core truth from? Well, that's a great question. I mean, some would say, you know, I think the root of it all is the Bible. I think that... Um, I really do. I think that was kind of the the foundation that kind of gave us a lot of the ways that we even do our life, you know, not just from a religious, spiritual standpoint, but even I think there's a lot of things that we learn. But I think the truth, Josh, um, in my honest opinion, uh, boils down to like, for example, you know, all 8 billion of us are living different truths. Hmm. There's no two humans that are 100% living the same truths. So that's why I said it comes from within us. You know, the foundation are like principles, right? Like the law of gravity. Laws and principles are truth. Those never change. Two plus two is always four. That doesn't change. So we need to really be analyzing principles and laws uh, because that's where I think we're going to find the deepest truths that will never change, whether it's 2019 or, you know, 3014. You know, I think that principles and, and, and laws, well, the law of sowing and reaping, right? Well, that, that's true because that, that can be tested through every culture and through every different brain and through every different experience. Like the, the law of gravity, right? Like, like the law of gravity is, is another one. And then there's principles of giving you shall receive. I don't care if you're an atheist. If you give, you'll receive. Right? So I think it's just trying to slow down to discover the truths that work across the board for everybody, the principles and laws. And that's where I think we should base all of our kind of decisions on. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think absolute truth comes from God. And I believe that the... the Bible, I believe that the Bible is absolute truth. Um, I, I, I don't debate that one day for fun. Oh, of course. I would love to. I would love to. I'll have to do another podcast episode on it because, uh -huh. like, I think for me, what the, the trouble that I get at. So, do you know who Ravi Zacharias is? Yeah. Okay. I, a huge fan of Ravi Zacharias. Um, I'm curious. Why, why, why do you like him? because I believe that he's incredibly well, um, uh, researched. I believe that he, 
understands the Bible and God very, very well. And I believe that his thought process with why truth must exist and why God must exist and why the Bible is true. Like I, there is a, a flow there that lines up with, with logic. I was watching an interview with him uh, between Ben Shapiro and him. Ben Shapiro was interviewing him recently. It was just this past Sunday on the Sunday special. And he was talking about how, you know, how we determine truth and how we determine absolutes and morality and whether God exists and how there, and there must be a moral law in order for there to be good and bad in the world. Cause everyone is trying to debate that there's no God. And it's like, okay, well, you know, the question comes down to good and bad. If, if, if there was such a, a good, good loving God out there, why is there bad in the world? And then you have to go, okay, well, if there's bad, then you're assuming that there is also a good in order for there to be bad and there must be a good. Well, in order for there to be good, there must be a moral law that determines what is right and wrong or what is good and evil, right? So if you've got a moral law that must determine what is good and evil, which we have agreed upon, then there must be a moral law giver. And then you would say, okay, that that moral law giver is God. And you could say, well, why does there need to be a moral law giver? And that's a whole other discussion. But essentially, it's because it's about people and it's either about a person or about themselves. And we are placing inherent intrinsic value on humans. We believe that humans are more valuable or have more meaning than animals do, right? I mean, there's an inherent worth in human being. Well, who determines that worth? That's God. And so you follow this and there's logic behind all of it. And there's universal truths like you were saying, right, behind that. But it's based in the principle that God exists and that God determines what absolute truth is. And I believe that God determines what absolute truth is. I believe that he gave us the Bible to say, hey, here's the blueprint for life. Here's what truth is. Follow what this says. I think that there's, I, I think that there's far less absolute truth than what a lot of Christians believe. I believe a lot of things are situational. A lot of things are circumstantial to pay, based on where you're at in the world and, and what you are, uh, you know, the circumstances and who you're dealing with. Like, I don't believe universally that getting a tattoo is right or wrong. I don't believe universally that cussing is right or wrong. Like I use strong language sometimes, not publicly, but like, I'm very careful with it. But I believe that there is a right place and a wrong place to do those things. And so you have to look at like the core fundamentals of absolute truth. And so for me, I, and I say this a lot, I'm on a mission. My whole life goal, my purpose of Think Different Theory is to ask the right questions in search for truth, right? Because if I can know what absolute truth is, absolute, absolute fundamental truth, which I believe comes from God, then I can figure out the answers to life. But, one huh? You believe absolute truth is one answer? I believe that absolute truth has to come from one place. And I believe that that place comes from God. Which comes from the Bible. Which, which I believe as of now in my spiritual journey, that the Bible is without flaw when it was written and was at the very least God inspired, but was taken directly from God and that the, the fundamental principles of the Bible, I mean, I, I, yes, I'm sure there's translational issues or whatever, but that the core principles that God talks about in the Bible, when he talks about, you know, treating your neighbor with respect, when he talks about debt, you know, for example, there's a verse that I like death and life is in the power of the tongue. Right. Um, he also talks about, you know, that blessing and cursing comes from the tongue and this ought not to be so. Right. So I, I look at those and I go, okay, God said it here. That is a fundamental principle. Whether I like that or not, whether I agree with that or not, I still believe that that's true. Whether I choose to live by that is a different story, but I believe that is absolute truth. Mm. And so for me, I look at that and I go, okay, I, I cannot base my feelings, and this is where I think you and I would disagree, would to yeah. say that like, 
I can't base my feelings or my, my truth off of how I feel or what my gut tells me because I, you grew up where you grew up in the USA and you've seen perspective all around the world as have I, maybe not as much as you have, but guess what? The person that grew up in India or the person that grew up in Africa, their circumstances of where they grew up, their intuition is radically fundamentally different than yours and mine. But that doesn't mean that the laws of truth are different because truth is universal. And that's why I say when there's absolute truth, absolute truth must be universal. Otherwise, it is not absolute. And when people say, and you and I agree that there is absolute truth, I think we just disagree on the source. Um, When people say that there's not absolute truth, I look at them and I say, well, is that an absolutely true statement or not? Right? And they go, well, and I'm like, you can't say that there's not absolute truth because that in and of itself is an absolute statement. Right? And so I look at that and I go, okay, well, absolute truth must exist because absence of absolute truth, like to say that there's not is an absolute statement. So that means there must be some form of absolute truth. Yeah. So where does that come from? And for me, that it has to come from a, uh, a moral law, a moral law giver, which I believe what to be God. What does truth look like to you? What is it? My truth? Like, or what, what do I believe is absolute truth? When you, when you say absolute truth comes from God, what is, what is your definition of the Bible? The Bible. If the Bible says it, it is true. I believe that. Yeah. So you believe everything the Bible says. 100% true. I believe that when the Bible was written, it was written without flaw. And so I believe that with translation, there is room for error. And if I'm reading in an American standard version or even a King James version, that there are probably going to be grammatical and, and translational errors. But I well, believe that, that if you changes go- changes the whole meaning of the message of the truth. And, and, I, and I agree with you, which is why I say that I take the Bible or I read it. And if there is inconsistencies, then I go back to the root cause. And so far, and I haven't, like I'm 25, right? I haven't studied this in <laughs> enough detail yet, but what the times that I have gone back to the, the Greek and the Hebrew definitions and the Latin definitions of, of where it's at at a very core level of when it was written, I have not found inconsistencies in the Bible. I do believe that there are areas where it appears to be contradictory, but I do not believe that when you go back to the root that it actually is. I also, however, believe in the difference of the Old and New Testament. So I believe that there was the Old Testament and that laws and the way that you were supposed to live was different in the Old Testament than it was in the New Testament because when Christ came, do you believe that Christ came and died on the cross for our sins? I do, and I'd love to discuss that one day, though, because I, I, I do um, sometimes, sometimes um, I, I, I do struggle with certain things. Uh, in my my honesty, I mean, like I said, I believe in the Bible. I believe yeah. in, I believe in Jesus. Obviously. I love it. Son to study him. Uh, do I believe that he died on the cross? Um, you know, I, I I believe it, but it's kind of like that blind man that came to Jesus and he said, "I believe, but help my unbelief." There are certain things that I uh, struggle with, I, and, and I totally respect that. And and yeah. believe me. Ever since Kyle died, I have questioned the Bible stronger and more fiercely than ever. And I have written and read, I mean, a friend of mine who's Mormon sent me the Book of Mormon. Somebody else sent me, a, or not sent me, but uh, recommended that I like, read the Quran. I've read countless religious books from Christian perspective, atheist perspective, you know, egotistical, I mean, like all the different, you know, different perspectives. I mean, I'm a philosopher at heart, I would say, or, or, or you know, a religious person at heart. But as of now, my core beliefs, when I go... And I look at any question in life, Matt, 
purpose, meaning, destiny, uh, our origin, whether God exists, uh, why pain exists, good, bad, evil, greatness, whatever that thing is. Every time I struggle with something and I go and look in the Bible for an answer for it, the Bible has an answer that when I go out and apply it in my life or when I go and question people about it, it always comes back to that is the answer. That has been the core key to it. And so I look at this and I go, everything the Bible teaches me to do is correct so far that I've experienced in my life. So I have no reason to believe that the stories that are in the Bible are not real. Because if they are not real, then that would inherently go and say that potentially the things that it's telling me might not work. And so far, I have not experienced that to be true. So for me, I, I, and I understand why, and I don't understand about things in the Bible. I, there are things in the Bible where I go and I go, okay, so God covered the whole entire world with water. And magically, somehow, all of the animals from all over the world, everywhere, got on one singular boat. That yeah, that seems like with no power tools. Right. And a flood. Right. So I'm like, I look at that and I go, I believe it because it's in the Bible, but I also believe that there could be an explanation in real life that says, hey, um, here's what, what actually happened. And this is the interpretation that it was done. When it says, wa like, water covered the face of the earth or, or, or the, the, the circumference or whatever it is of the earth. Could that have been at different times? Maybe, right? Could that have been at different locations? Could there have been uh, somebody else besides Noah? I don't know, maybe, you know what I mean? So like, there are things in the Bible that I definitely question, but at a core belief, I say, I am going to default to accepting the Bible to be true until proven otherwise, rather than the reverse way around. Because every single time I have questioned the Bible and gone in and studied it, I've always gotten to an answer that proves the Bible to be right. And until hey. I find one, I'm like, okay, until I can find something that says, no, I absolutely fundamentally without question believe that this part of the Bible is wrong. I'm going to default to believing that the Bible is, is without flaw for me right now. Okay. In my, in That's my life. fair. That's a good, that's a good explanation, Josh. I accept that and I get it. And there's a lot of what you said that I resonate with. You remember I was a preacher for, <laughs> I was a pastor. So yeah. trust me, I could go on your side right now and convert anybody out there. Yeah. Well, but, and, and I think that we, I'm not trying to necessarily convert people, right? I believe that, and I think this is where, why I resonate with you so much. Cause I think we have fundamentally we have differences in our fundamental beliefs, yeah. but I, I believe that the reason that you and I understand each other so well, and the reason that I connect with you so well, and that as soon as you went live and I watched your video, from a non-marketing perspective, which I, by the way, congratulations. <laughs> I think that was brilliant. All right, I don't agree with how you did it, but right. well done, marketing. Right. But from a, from a religious, from a overwhelmed, just like I'm done, I get it. And because I think where you and I resonate so much is the fact that you and I both understand that a relationship with God is the most important thing and having communion, communion and communication with the Holy Spirit, with God is fundamentally the most important thing. And constantly having that is 
what it all matters. And no matter how well you know the Bible or whatever book you believe to be true, the Quran, the Book of Mormon, whatever, the Judaism, at the fundamental basis, the Bible says it, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved, right? And part of believing in that is having a relationship with him. And so yeah. I get that. And so that's why I have so much respect for you because at the end of the day, we disagree on tactics. We might have you know, different things, but we get that that is the most important part of faith with God. Absolutely. And I believe that. And I teach that. And even in Caleb, Caleb believes that. Caleb's not strong in religion, but he's deep in God. You know, he prays. He, he, his staff prays together before their team meetings. Uh, so we're, we're rooted in this, Josh, and we believe it. There's just certain things that I look at. And in my honesty, I'm like, eh. And I appreciate it. And, and that's the thing. If somebody struggles with the Bible, I don't want them to pretend that they don't, right? right. Like if you, and, and I, I appreciate that about you. If you're like, man, I believe in God. I consider myself a Christian, but this whole Bible thing, eh, not so much, not, you know, not on board quite yet. Fine. Great. Or ever, right? Like I believe that honesty, radical honesty, radical transparency. I think that's a good thing. And I believe that when you're honest, you're able to then ask the right questions. Yeah. But the second that you start lying to yourself, then all of a sudden you can't ask proper questions because you're coming at it from a place of lies rather than a place of honesty. Well, and then you're into fear and, and God's not fear, you know? And, and one thing about God is he can, like you saying, F you God, I've done that. You yeah. know, I've, I've, I've dropped the F word in my prayers. Like God, I don't have to understand this. Do you think God gets his feelings hurt? No, that's what a lot of people don't know about God is he can take our humanity. Like he's not shocked. He's not like yeah. all of a sudden having meetings with the angels. Like, what are we going to do <laughs> now? You know, Josh, you know, like God's okay. And especially the more honest you are, actually the closer you get to God. The fastest way to intimacy with God is just to be totally you and totally be honest about, like I tell God, Hey Lord, there's certain, like I even said, you heard me. I mean, come on. You know how many Christians would not sit here and admit yeah, I sometimes struggle with the whole story of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And you know, I have mad respect for you for that. Come on, who, who, would, who would admit that? That's like the, the sin of all Christianity if you can't accept that. Right. But yeah, I, God loves me just as much now as when, when I was feeding the homeless this morning or just as much now as when, you know, I, I didn't, you know, have sex or I didn't, you know, say the F word or I didn't do this. Like, like that's what a lot of people I would love to understand about God is it's, I'm sad that religion has kind of really divided a lot of people away from God. Well, it's because I kind of like what the, the deeper reason why we're doing what we're doing with Maddox missions is just to bring people back to a safe exploration of your own journey with God and then focus on one thing, give to the poor and then work out your own integrity, your own family values, your own like, you know, everybody has a right. We're living in America. This is the we have the freedom to even God gives us the to choose and if we tried to obey every rule in the bible we would all be schizophrenic you like you said there's certain rules that come across like whoa if we don't do these but those were those were written in the old testament so, some of them you have to interpret the culture of that day for example you know there's an actual scripture in the book of corinthians it says let the women keep silent in the churches like what the hell you know what I mean? Like technically you ladies aren't even allowed to talk when you get to church and you're definitely not allowed to stand up, speak on stage and be a, a, a teacher. But, but that's what I'm saying. You can't take every scripture literal. You have to know the culture 
that in the Corinthian church, it wasn't a, it wasn't about the woman couldn't teach or lead or speak. It was about the disorder of that particular church that Paul was writing to. But, you know, a lot of people, they don't know that there's a lot of things that were said in the Bible that, that, that are not even culturally relevant to us. Yeah. You know? well, and if you go back and look at the pre-English interpretation of those verses, right? A lot of things are taken out of context when you say, you know, women shouldn't do blah, you shouldn't do blah. And then you go back and look at it and you go, well, this was just the English, the best way we could have interpreted it into the English language. When in reality, that meant something totally, totally different in, you know, another language or another you know, thing. And I 100% agree with you in that sense. I mean, to, I always laugh when people think that um, Jesus spoke English or that by default, Adam and Eve must have been white. Right. I, I don't know what Adam and Eve was, but there are cases that say Adam and Eve could have been black. And I was told that one time. And I remember the very first time I heard it, I was probably like, I don't know, 16, 17. I was shocked. I was like, you mean to tell me that like Jesus didn't speak English and he wasn't white and like Adam and Eve could. And then like that was a whole paradigm shift for me. I'm like, oh, that's right. Guess what? Other cultures, other this, other that. That's why I think travel is so important and brings such perspective because you're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I want to, I want to, I want to loop back. I want to bring this full circle. Now that we've given people a little bit of context around you and what you believe and in, in this whole religion thing and whatnot. One of the questions that repeatedly came up, I, po I posted on Instagram stories on Facebook. I had people DMing me. It was actually funny. I had several people reach out and DM me saying that they wanted to ask you a question. They wanted it to remain anonymous because they didn't want to get involved with the drama. <laughs> and so uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names that, cause I, I understand I get it. Some people are a little bit more, you know, don't want to be involved in controversy. You and I, we don't really care, but let's, let's go back to it. Dude, you used a lot of profanity. Yeah. You dropped the F bomb excessively, excessively. And you, I mean, very controversial posts where, I mean, you even like tagged, Russell Brunson. I mean, like you did some pretty outlandish things that many would look at you and go, what is he doing? And you read the comments. I know you read them and they're everywhere. It's like, Matt, you're destroying your brand, your reputation. You're throwing in the garbage. Your career is over. I mean, obviously people thought you were on drugs. The cops showed up at your house. When you are that polarizing, many would argue, and even I would argue to a certain extent that you're causing division to a certain extent rather than bringing love and you know people together because you are turning off a crowd. Good. What was your intention? What was your intention behind what you did? Like what was the point in doing it? And I'm going to follow that up so maybe you can set it up for why did you choose to do it in the way that you did it? But let's start with what was your intention? Well, my intention was to live what I teach, 100%. I taught my son a lot of stuff. And, and we teach stuff like burn the ships, right? We teach stuff like tell, live your truth. We teach stuff like be real. We teach stuff like, um, uh, you know, uh, the founder of Airbnb. You know, you're, you're better off having 100 people love you than a million people kind of like you. And it's true. And the, the why behind it can't be answered in this whole, in this short amount of time, but 
stay tuned because we'll probably do more together and I'm definitely sure. going to reveal, you know, some secrets to this. But let me get, give all your viewers a head start that I haven't even revealed publicly is, Josh, I sat down on Father's Day and I had a very deep spiritual experience. You have to understand, like, I've always been extremely strategic as a dad in what I've taught my son and understand that he's still 17. He doesn't officially become a man until he's 18, right? So by the U.S. government, I'm staring at six months to my son stepping into manhood. Like this was my God given holy sacred like you're a dad first a businessman second like it's family first and so like that's something that's a belief and a value right that's not just stuff that i talk about well in my journey i i preached and taught strong stuff to my following and i did it to my son and i felt like you know what there's certain things that i am teaching my son that I'm handing him on his 18th birthday that he doesn't even know and nobody in the world knows, but it'll be the most transformational, powerful gift that an 18-year-old has ever received. I promise you, Josh, there's a gift that I'm giving to Caleb on, on his 18th birthday. And part of it is there's some things that I'm sharing with him on why I did what I did. And really it was because, you see, Caleb's inputs have always been me. And it's, it's like, it, it literally, as much as I love all these other people we named, they didn't change Caleb's life. I did. They didn't mentor him. I did. You know, they didn't teach him the way that he thinks. They, they, they aided. They were a blessing. They were a help. But it was more the power that he got, the energy, the creativity, the courage, uh, the fearlessness. And so I made a list of just certain things that I had taught him and that I knew he needed to learn. You know, you got to understand the size of his vision has always been massive. First, it was to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees. So I was like, are you serious? This is really your goal. And he's like, yes. So that changed the way we did life, you know, and now, uh, you know, that he's gotten into business and his mission, his mission is so massive. Like, Josh, he has to see. He can't get this out of a book. He can't get it out of a course. For Caleb to lead the kind of mission, because no human living has really led a mission. And you're going to see in real live time, you're going to see it. This is not fluff. You will see Maddox Missions experience will be the most viral movement in America. And the stuff that I'm getting ready to pass on to Caleb as he turns 18, you can't pass it on with words, Josh. You got show. And literally 100% of every post, every action, everything I did was for Caleb's Young mind at the age of 17 in one of the most uh, spiritual, transformational seasons of his life and, and that whole transition from, from boy to man. There's certain, like, there's the way I've always taught him was by, by, by my actions, words and actions. And so there's certain things that he had to see me do so he could know that this is the way you market. This is the way you lead a movement. This is the way, like all the things that we teach, Josh, they, case in point, why did I, why was I so vulgar? Why, why was I, Josh, yeah. about, in the mathematics, the truth of who mathematics is, I have a grandmother sticking up two middle fingers as the picture. Like that's raw, dude. I was a preacher. 
I was known as the greatest dad in the world in Funnel Hacking Live community. Like I lost, I'm well aware, Josh. Listen, I'm well aware. I looked at three markets that I went to the top in, church, family, entrepreneurship, and I was ascending so fast at the top of entrepreneurship. But what a lot of people don't know is, and this is what I hope to teach a lot of young entrepreneurs is like, I want to teach you, you can, you can fail. You can lose. You can tell your truth. You can, you can build the way you want to build it. And it might mean the loss of family and friends and followers. But if it's your truth and it's your calling, do it without fear. And honestly, 100%, Josh, there's deep reasons why I did what I did. Why was I so vulgar? Because I got to be honest, I don't want those type of people at the Maddox Missions experience. The, the kind of people we're going to, they, the, and, and, and quite frankly, I, I've had even social media influencers reach out to me. Oh, we love what you and Caleb are doing. You know, we'll come and we'll bring a thousand shoes and, you know, we'll video it. And I'm like, cool, but I, I want to make sure you're also going to like do this as a lifestyle, not just for the camera. Right. You know, not just for your flipping PowerPoint. show <laughs> struggle. Position. I'm right. so sick of hearing the word positioning. I could puke. Screw positioning. Powerful people don't need to position. You're positioning yourself. You're not powerful. And I watched all this in the marketing world and I get it. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, like you don't go into the Apple store and, and they like, like, like build something where, where, and I teach my son, the greatest marketing is no marketing. Like use marketing now, but go to the highest level where you, you ascend to a place of leadership where you lead the people that are waiting for a leader. And Josh, I'm going to be honest with you. There's people think I've destroyed my brand. This was the best thing that ever happened to Caleb and I. Like when you see the behind the scenes stories and what I reveal what happened, this didn't hurt me. Oh, did it cost me some opportunity? Sure. Of course it did. I lost everything in the process, but I'm okay with that. I knew I was going into it. You think I did this accidental or I was uh, just being, you know, like this? Did did you tell Caleb what you were yeah. going to do before you did it? 110%. I have a text, you, you right? Did, you did or did not? I did. You did, okay. I went down to see Caleb in February or May, and I spoke. I stayed up all night and spoke some stuff to him and Ryan. They said it was the most powerful transformational stuff, and I just started giving them stuff for their movement intuitively now from God. And... I said, listen, guys, soon I'm getting ready to release something that's going to feel like a hurricane. It's going to feel unsettling. And it was unsettling for everybody. The only person that handled it the best was Caleb. It was literally unsettling. There wasn't a human that knew me that wasn't a little like, oh, because it was so fast. So it was. It was intense. It was strong. It was out there. It was like, whoa, because it wasn't the character they were used to seeing. But I told ahead of time and I told some of my closest, closest friends. 
I how did Caleb that. handle it though? So like, like he went out there and I, I obviously, I, I watched everything unfold. I follow Caleb. So I went to his Instagram, Facebook or whatnot to see if there was any reaction from him, as I'm sure a lot of people did. And he didn't, he didn't talk about it, right? He let you do his thing and he just stayed right in his zone, which major props to him. I mean, laser, laser focused in that sense. What was your... Uh, advice to him with it? Did I mean, did you tell him to do that? Or did he just make his own choice? Did you ask him to respond or stay silent? You know, what's funny is Caleb, I'll, I'll tell you a real truth. Okay. My cousin got my best friend and Caleb on a call the day the cops showed up and he was screaming like, what the, what are you doing? Do you realize? And, and he just goes off and Caleb Wait. Laughing so oh, 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 okay. Your your cousin is okay. And he stops everyone. He goes, guys, trust me. My dad knows what he's doing. And uh that was the theme. Like he he never wants, like, yeah, we both privately talk, like, you know, right now because of the parent, you gotta understand, Josh, he leads the biggest parent kid movement. Yeah. I've got a family group that's got like seven thousand parents in it. My parenting courses everywhere. I do parenting retreats. But Josh, you want to know what's come from this? There's actually been, I would do this over again like that without changing a thing. I, I know you would. Literally have zero regrets. Uh, zero, like it had to happen this way. And when you see afterwards, when you see, when you see the completion of the book, let's say, then everybody that doubted it will be like, okay, I get it. Like people like Josh is like, Josh, there's a lot of Josh's, not a lot, but there's enough Josh's that watched this and thought, man, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. That's crazy. But you know what? He knows what he's doing. You know, they saw past hmm. everything. Well, and it's interesting because I would definitely do what you did in my own way. I just wouldn't do it in the way that you did it. Well, um, that's because you weren't a preacher of a massive. Right following and right. I had to get rid of a lot of the religious ones because they would have come back to my stuff and they would have killed the energy of it. The only For, way to get rid of them is to, and another, Josh, can I give you, can I get, can I tell you something? Just an honesty real quick. Let's be, yeah, raw. I do cuss a lot, bro. So if you <laughs> sat down with me live right now over lunch, you'd hear me say the F word probably 30 times. Well, and I see, and that's, there's a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who he voxed me right after everything went down. And that's the very first thing I said to him. I voxed him back. I said, listen, I know Matt. I've sat down with Matt. I've had dinner with Matt. I was like this lingo, lingo and language and the way that he's talking and how he's acting. I'm like, if you ever sat down with the real Matt, this is the real Matt. Like I've seen this before. It's just never been done online, right? Like it's never been out there in the public. So this did not like, and I told him, you know, there, he's like, do you think he's on drugs? I'm like, honestly, I don't think he's on drugs. I was like, I think he's sober as a, you know, sober as all get out. I, and, I, and I believe you. But, and I said, I think that this is just Matt being done playing the games, right? And so this is the real Matt coming out. My question to you is though, so you believe in God, which would mean that you would believe that there is sin, right? In the world, there is a right and a wrong, correct? Yes. So for you, you obviously don't have a problem with swearing, which that's, I mean, to each their own, right? But so many would disagree with you on that. But I think that regardless, even if we, let's, let's assume swearing is okay. 
for you to do, that there's nothing inherently wrong on that. There's also the verse there that says, uh, you know, in the Bible or whatever, that's like, don't do anything that's going to cause your brother to stumble. Don't, I mean, there, there are clearly verses that would say pissing off a bunch of people like you did would not be scripturally or biblically or, or godly correct. But I, because I'm an influencer, if, if you want to call yourself that, I understand the influential space. I also understand that the whole influencer and fame world stuff runs differently, not from a truth perspective, but like no matter what you do, you're going to piss people off. I, oh, yeah. I get, I get that. Right. I mean, look at Donald Trump, but like, my question is why to the extent, I mean, like there was a way to have done what you did without going to that extreme. And I know I'm grilling you hard here, but like, yeah. I, I really want to understand like why so heavily did you, you use and polarize to that extent? I mean, like you gave the name of Christianity a, a bad rep for a lot of Christians. I understand what you did, Matt. Like I get it, but I want to know the, the why behind it of saying, I'm going to use this much profanity. I'm going to go this level of depth with everything. Did your conscious or did your moral compass ever get to a point and say, you know what? I know I'm doing something wrong here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Or did you truly not believe that anything that you did was wrong? Well, I love that this is called Think Different. So my answer is going to take your brain. I love it. I love it. Okay. I love it. Meaning, so you're sitting here and, and, and I understand you're saying why so extreme, right? Because that's part. There are a sect of people that saw this and thought, oh, oh my God, Matt, no, there's a way you could have done this and still gotten the same message. But what if, Josh? that there's actually more people that saw that and thought, finally, oh my God, and didn't even see that as extreme. We're living in a world that what was extreme two years ago may not even be looked at as extreme now, Josh. So in other words, to, to maybe those in the funnel hacking live community, let me think about it. Russell Brunts, right? Garrett White said the F word how many times at funnel hacking live, dude? Oh, I'm, yeah. On Russell's actual stage. And so did Tony Robbins. Yeah, I mean, I Tony he's Robbins. not right. He's I don't not a, understand Garrett White doing that because I wouldn't do that. I would not go on Russell's stage and cuss ever. Right. Ever. I don't I literally, Tony, it was an upfront thing. Maybe Garrett was an upfront thing. I don't know. If that was upfront, then, then conversation's over. But, you know, dude, like, like what is extreme? It's extreme that nobody gave about that fatherless kid to this day and has done anything with it. That's extreme. It's extreme that 22 vets a day commit suicide. That's extreme, Josh. It's extreme that we still have 18 million fatherless kids. It's extreme that, you know, 650,000 children went into strangers' homes last night, totally helpless because their mother and father is either in a prison or strung out on drugs or dead. That's extreme. So why did I do what I did? Because I had to, I had to show, Josh, the world is so noisy. The world is so noisy that if you're vanilla and you sound like everybody else and you want to be liked, if you want to be liked and you want to be an influencer, you are done now. Literally, you have just <laughs> failed as an influencer. If you want everyone to like you and, and everyone to agree with you and you want to do it so you don't offend people, like there's this, I get being cautious. 
because of brand, but I don't get being fake because of brand. And why did I come so extreme? Because Jesus came extreme, Josh. I mean, in a lot of ways, Jesus cussed. Like, what is cussing? Like, the F word didn't even exist in the Bible. So when we're talking against cursing, we're assuming it's against the word F or, or shit or ass. Like, no. Like, these are our modern-day words that we've all... Of course, ass is in the Bible, and so is pissed. But, like, I mean... Dude, like, what, what, what if, what if God viewed someone saying I can't do that worse? Like, so you're saying from a biblical standpoint, assuming what I did, God views it wrong. What if what I did? What if God? What if? What if? Josh, think different, right? What if every middle finger post and every f this and f that and me calling out Christians? Like Jesus called them hypocrites. Jesus called Christians hypocrites. He, he, like, he threw tables over. Like we assume that everything about Jesus was just smooth and hugging kids and dying on a cross. No, he was a radical. Yeah. Like they called him demon possessed. They, they, they thought I was drunk. They called him drunk. They called him demon possessed. I mean, come on, Josh. Anybody that's that's a world changer. See, I'm not a mar. I'm not. I'm not necessarily a social media influencer, even a world changer. I am actually here on this earth right now to. Kind of like, you know, Caleb and I right here out of Scottsdale got two massive hurricanes showing up about the same time. And it's, it's, we're not here to just like kiss everybody's butt and heroize everybody and be mesmerized by all these marketers for the rest of our life as if we're some lesser than people. We're here to lead a mission. Like there's a difference between launching a course and leading a mission. Your character as a person that builds a course or even has a podcast or has a, uh, uh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, for me, it was, the mission was bigger than everything. So for me, it was, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, look, Josh, I now have millions of people praying for us because they're worried about us. That's <laughs> our advantage. You know, I mean, yeah. I can, I can list all the pot. There's, I am literally living in this right now. July 26th, happier than I've ever been, more at peace, more clear, know exactly who I am, know where I'm going, and know what God wants me to do, at peace with God. Like, and, and I'm well aware of the criticism. I'm well aware of, see, John Maxwell says, if I need you, I can't lead you. So if you play out of fear of loss, hmm. you'll never gain. Yeah. So for me, I wasn't going to operate out of a fear of loss. Now, I'm not trying to purposely be a jerk. Or negative, like negative is not even my nature, Josh. You know, right? That, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. Not. The way that it can come across online, I'm well aware it can come across. Dang, why is he ripping the church? But Jesus did. Jesus ripped the church. I mean, if you go actually yeah. slow down and study the way. Oh Jesus, no, I know. I so flip tables and beat people with whips yeah. out of the temple. Yeah, mm. you, I'm being nice. You know. <laughs> I'm being nice. <laughs> so, all right. Well, okay. So we're running a little short on time here. I, I, I have like two more questions that I want to get to really quickly. And then a couple rapid fire questions at the end. Okay. Um, I, I appreciate that answer though. I, I think it's really good perspective. And I, I love it when people openly disagree with me, share a new perspective or whatever. I think you and I disagree on maybe once again, uh, I don't think culture changes truth, but that's a conversation for another discussion. I appreciate you sharing that. Two last questions for you. One, What's the purpose of mathematics? 
what is your purpose in life? What do you believe that your purpose is? And what do you believe that the purpose of people is put on this earth, you specifically, and then as a general whole in two minutes? 100% my purpose is to be a dad to Caleb and teach him uh, what God wants me to teach him as his dad. And to for Caleb to literally spend the rest of his life believing, believing that I'm the most positive, loving, whole, safe, um, kind, authentic human he's ever met. And currently, he actually believes that. So I went. So that then my other purpose, Josh, is 100% to awaken every human, their money and their mission. Because I don't care who you are, if you're awake financially and you're awake with your purpose and your mission, so what is my purpose, John, and my mission? I am here right now to bring a new opportunity to the millions that'll never step foot in the church again ever, but love God, and that are just burned out of their brains with religion, but they have bleeding hearts for poverty and for brokenness. Mm-hmm. And my mission is to lead those people, Josh. There's millions, and I promise you, the Maddox Missions culture is going to be extremely radical and passionate and pure. And so I'm not here to, to, you know, continuously, like, there's going to be, like, 10X culture, funnel hacking live culture, Baptist, Methodist, you know, the, the Vayner media or whatever. And then there's Maddox Missions experience. And, you know, with what we're doing with our publishing company now, we've made even the last 48 hours deep changes. Me and Caleb and our team, more on this money and mission, more more targeted now, more niche with authors, not just writing a book, but really writing a book and becoming a movement, Let, making this author a movement, a powerful brand, a world changer, somebody that makes money, somebody that really like solves problems and heals pain. And then, you know, that's, that's what I live and die for, my friend. That's, that's my everything is to just literally for Caleb and for those fatherless kids, everything else. I mean, there's other things that I'm involved in, but that's my focus. Matt, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to follow up on that question on another podcast interview because I have more questions on that, but that was awesome. Um, I want to get to rapid fire questions. I just want a simple I don't know if yes or no is possible with you and I. We both like to talk a lot, but I got to ask it just because I'm so curious. And I know everybody's going to want to know. What do you think of Donald Trump? Love him. You love him. Love, love, love. Love Donald Trump. So you'll, you'll, you voted for him and we'll vote for him again. 100%. All right. All right. I love it. All right. Uh, rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap up here. Rapid fire question number one. What is your favorite airline to fly? Southwest. Southwest. All right. Uh, rapid fire question number two one major regret that you've had in your life, not necessarily about this experience, but just in your life that you would go back and change if you could? Uh, not listening to my intuition when it comes to relationships. Not when it, okay, when it comes to relationships. All right. Dating. Very, very interesting. Business. We need to have a dating podcast, Josh, because that, we could go really deep on that. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. Uh, favorite senior veteran here. Go ahead. Uh, favorite sports car? I literally like 
I'm not into sports cars. Okay, so. you're not into sports cars. We'll move on to the next question if that's not you. Dream place to live then. If you could have one ideal home. I know you're a traveler, but if you had to pick one favorite place in the world to live, where would it be? I'll end up in San Diego. San Diego. Man, that's what I'm, you're not are you afraid of the uh Andreas or San Andreas line? Nah. Earthquake, you're not afraid of that? Yeah, I think nah. all right, all right, all right. Because yeah, either way, dude. I mean, ayahuasca teaches you to surrender, right? Let me tell you, ayahuasca is something else. I was had interviewed Ryan Stuman and he talked about his thing and I'll tell you. Um, favorite thing that you've ever done? Favorite thing I've ever done? Missions work with Caleb. That's awesome. All right. Um, last question. I asked this to everyone and um, anybody that we've ever interviewed on the podcast, this is the question that we, we end with. I never give anybody any context around it or any prep for it. So it's truly raw and real. You're at the end of your life. Fast forward, you're on your deathbed right now. You're about to die. Everyone that you've ever touched in your life, all the influence that you've had, the money, the success, whatever, it's all gone instantaneously, vaporized away like that. However, every single person that you've ever touched and influenced either directly or indirectly, which for you sounds like it's going to be a lot of freaking people, um, you get to leave them with one final message, one message that will resonate with them and stick with them for the rest of their life. What is that message a message would be to 100 percent only let your brain in the now cherish any memories of the past that were amazing anything that was bad let it go literally let it go don't give thought to it and in your now create the future you want without fear or without doubt or without hesitation. Literally, right now, I would tell every person to get all of your energy in the now and create what you want for your future with your vision, with passion, with love, with belief that it's possible. Literally, just create your future. And most importantly, whatever you do, don't ever, 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 ever allow yourself to get sidetracked from your daily habit, passion, and mission. Mm. Because life is only daily. Life is literally only daily. Moment by moment. And it's only now. Yeah, it's only now. Matt, this has been amazing. For sure, hands down, without a question, the most raw and real podcast we've done. Uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Follow the Matt Maddox experience. I mean, I'm sure they'll find you anyway, but... Yes, I like that, Josh. Thank you. You know, right now, what I'd love for everyone to do is just stay connected to me either on Facebook or Instagram. My name is very simple. It's Matt Maddox, M-A-D-D-I-X. And let me just give value to you um, and by, by just being there on social media and, and might be a video, it might be a post, it might be a, a live that I do and see for yourself. That's what I would love to say, Josh. I mean, of course I point them to a website, but you know, for now, I'd rather them just come into Facebook or Instagram and, and let's hang. Let's, let's see hang. What, uh, I love it. Yeah. I love, I, I love you, dude. Thank you so much. Just listen, dude. This is by far the best podcast I've been on, bro. You are a master at asking questions. Thank you. I'm excited to see the future of Think Different Theory. And if you can send me the top five people that you want on your podcast, if there's anybody that Caleb and I can make happen, we'll be, we'll be glad to give a, uh, uh, a connection for you. 
I appreciate that. Well, I want to have you back to interview me. I like that idea a lot. And I also want to have Caleb on. I think that would be super cool. So there's two of them right there. Ask him his experience through this because he'll share with me. Yeah. And I'm very, I'm very excited to, to ask him that. So it'll be super, super good. I'm excited. Um, but guys, Matt Maddox on uh, Instagram and Facebook. We'll drop the link down in the description. Make sure to go follow him. Check him out. Uh, he's, he's the real one. Let me tell you, there is nobody more raw and real and unfiltered. I think he even takes the cake from Donald Trump. I mean, he is completely unfiltered from that. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. I have much, much respect for you, brother. And I appreciate the fact that we can have a conversation, even if we disagree on things and really just talk, get real, get honest, get vulnerable. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on the program. You inspired me as well today with a lot of stuff you shared. So thank you. I love you, man. Appreciate Absolutely. you. I love you too, dude. We'll talk soon. Guys, this is Ben, Think Different Theory with the one and only Matt Maddox. Um, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are the ones that change the world. I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh 40 or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.